Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the In the Eleven podcast. I am your host, Brendan Griffiths, and this is the show where we bring on those from the footballing world to show you what it takes to truly be in the Eleven at the highest possible level. This week features a highly successful and decorated coach in Coach Owen Finberg, the head of the South Kent Boys Soccer Program in Connecticut. And it's a great episode, especially for those of you who are listening and want to learn more about what it takes to play and compete at a high level in the youth high school kind of prep school world, but as well for the college ranks as well and what kind of college recruiting is like and, and just all that good stuff. Gives you a lot of good behind the scenes info. So can't wait to share this episode with you. And without further ado, here is our conversation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Coach Owen Finberg, the head coach of the South Kent Boys Soccer Program in Connecticut. Super excited to hear a little bit more about his program. His school has had tremendous success at the prep school level for, for many years now, so can't wait to learn some insight from him and kind of just get a feel for what prep school soccer is like and maybe dive into a little bit of his coaching career as well. So, Coach, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you very much for, for having me. Looking forward to being here on In the 11 Pod and really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you. So, first off, let's kind of, let's go a little bit simpler here for those who maybe are unfamiliar with just, maybe we have, we have listeners from outside of the country. We have listeners who are just trying to learn a little bit more about soccer. And soccer sometimes in America can be, uh, a, a bit of a wild landscape. There's so many different levels to it. There's so many different routes you can go in terms of you being a youth soccer player. So kind of who finds a home at South Kent in, in your soccer program? I know it's a, a prep school, but maybe if you want to dive into a little bit more about what exactly your school is. Yeah. So South Kent school is a traditional prep school, which means that it has grades nine through 12 or, or freshman through senior year, in addition to uh, a prep year or a postgraduate year, which would be guys that have graduated from high school and are taking an extra year or a gap year to help further prepare them for college life, whether that be academically, athletically, or, or socially. And the prep school sort of makeup includes a lot of different things and, and certainly specifically here at South Kent. And that is definitely a, a college preparatory education where you're taking higher, more focused level of academic courses that are going to translate to having you ready for college level work. That's, you know, first and foremost, how these kind of schools were founded. The majority of them are, are located here in the New England area, but you do have them all around the country. Certainly there's more of a, I think, an awareness of what prep schools are and the benefits they can provide in this Northeast part of the country. But again, they are sort of all around, just in fewer numbers. And, and certainly I think more and more people are understanding what prep schools are and the benefits of them but they all started as trying to provide a higher level of education. South Ken has been around for almost 100 years. Our 100-year our centennial is coming up next year. Some of them have been around as long as the 1700s, 1800s. You're also getting, at a, certainly at South Kent, a very high level of athletic preparation and understanding of all the things that go into being a a collegiate student athlete, and you're also getting a lot of social and character development by most of our students living away from home. We're a boarding school. We do have some day students, but the majority of our students are, are living here on campus and go through the, the maturation that comes with understanding what you need to do to kind of take care of yourself, so to speak, in that environment, but also a dedicated character development and, and, and residential life curriculum to help people grow as young, young adults as well. 
Yeah, and you touched on it a bit from the academic perspective as well as the social perspective, how this can be a really useful program to set you up for college life or beyond with more rigorous academics and then obviously living away from home. That's kind of the perfect initiation for you to understand what college life is like. Could you dive maybe a little bit more into from the athletic side or specifically the soccer side for you? How is this, uh, what separates an athlete who comes to South Kent in terms of their college or their soccer education than a player who's maybe just playing high school soccer or just playing club soccer? Well, I think that those those couple things that are also part of the experience here are really things that separate us from a lot of other soccer experiences in the country. The residential environment, the opportunity to combine your education, not only as a student, but just as a person with playing at a really high level is, is something that sets us apart. There's very few residential programs in the U.S. that allow you to combine those things together. A few of them are connected with MLS academies. You do have other sort of prep school environments, but the opportunity to do that is is something that's unique. And I think often in, in youth soccer in our country, I don't know if forgotten about is the right word, but certainly not addressed at the level that we do here. And I think sport and, and certainly soccer specifically and, and in my mission and an opportunity to work with young people, teaching them the values that are going to help make them successful players, but more importantly, are going to help make them successful people is really what coaching should be all about. And I think whether it's arguing with the referees or the other team or the way guys conduct themselves, you see examples all over the country in our sport and many others that those things clearly are not being sort of put at the forefront of of what guys are learning in, in a lot of different environments. For us, from a soccer perspective, not only do you have those sort of things, but you have the opportunity to live and, and work with your teammates and get to know them in a, an environment that, that fosters really deep and, and meaningful relationships rather than coming back from practice after an hour and a half, a couple hours, where maybe that's really your only interaction with with your teammates. And, and obviously, as you move to college, you have that same sort of, of setting where you have to work together on and off the field for the betterment of yourself, your team, but also the, the program that you, you represent is a really big part of that process of being a college student athlete. And I think you have all the other things that, that go along with that as well. It's not just a very high level of, of coaching and training of competition, but it's also the other things that go into helping you be the best athlete you can be. And, and for us, that's a full-time strength and conditioning program with certified strength and conditioning coach, uh, yoga uh, with certified yoga instructor, sports psychology, nutrition program. And certainly a big part of, of our program is the college process and helping not only prepare guys for that next step, but helping them to go through the process of finding those opportunities and matriculating to really top level universities and, and college programs as well. And obviously South Kent has been a special place for you personally in your career because you've spent quite a bit of your coaching career at this school. So if you could kind of take us back a little bit into maybe talking about your playing career a little bit, what kind of led you into the route of coaching and maybe how you found your way to this specific program. Yeah, I grew up in upstate New York, played for a very successful high school coach and program and, and had a lot of success at the high school level and uh, with club and ODP in, in New York State, and then looked at a number of different colleges, ended up going to Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina, enjoyed playing down there, was, uh, was successful on the field, worked a little bit with the Carolina Dynamo, and had started my training and coaching while I was still, still playing down there in, in Greensboro. And from there and, and studying at school, really realized that 
that that was what I was called to do. And that was where I was going to find joy and and passion and really affect the lives of others. And so I had some different opportunities as I, as I finished up playing, but uh, I decided to, to go into coaching and to, to take a job at a, at a prep school in Maryland to start out and, and had the opportunity to start my own program. The program was there, but, but really take charge of it as, as my first job coaching at the, the varsity level and really enjoyed that right from the start. Had a great deal of success of, of building something that was from not much to, to quite successful. One of the highlights of, of being there was, was playing uh, versus Freddie Adu, I believe when he was 12 years old in the, the Maryland Independent School playoffs. And, uh, you know, he certainly uh, put in some good work and, and uh, guided his team pretty, pretty easily past us. But uh, we were able to have a great deal of success. And, and from there came to, to South Kent and, and have spent the last 18 years um, building this program and and certainly having a lot of success as well. Yeah, and, and so I'm curious because you you know you said you've been here for 18 years, and so what are some of the factors that I guess is a, a two part question. And in, in one, what are some of the factors that has kept you at this program and and really day in and day out excited to get up and and continue to build something at this school? Because also as you come through the coaching ranks and you you start to do some of your coaching education, there's so many routes that you can take when it comes to being a soccer coach, especially in this country. There's high school, college, there's prep, there's club coaching. If you you want to try and pursue a professional route as well, there's just so many different routes that you can go. So what has kind of allowed you to find this specific niche for yourself of prep school coaching and then also this specific program? Well, I, I think coming to South Kent, I had a little bit of, of idea about prep school, but certainly going to public school in New York State, before I took the job in, in Maryland, I really had no idea what a prep school was or what it was all about. But it does, as I touched on before, really have an all-encompassing uh, nature to the experience. And that's both for certainly the students, but the faculty as well. I, like most faculty here at South Kent, live right on campus. And, you know, the thing that's kept me here for 18 years is really the community that is here at South Kent. It is uh, a remarkably unique environment and more so and different from other prep schools, I would say. Uh, because of its small size, because it's it's an all boys school, and most importantly, because of the people that work here, and and because of the mission of the school, and so what has kept me here is is certainly that special community and the opportunity to have such a big role in it, and what gets me up and and gets me excited about every day is the opportunity to help young people change their lives through the the game of football, and certainly continue to have a competitive spirit, but mostly a, a passionate nature for helping guys develop and ingrain the values that are going to help them be successful players. But as I said, most importantly, you know, translate that into things that make them successful as students and, and ultimately make them successful as people, whether that be in their in their communities, in their relationships, in their in their careers, and to be able to develop relationships with so many different guys from so many different cultures through the years is is really special. And that's something that you just can't necessarily do in the way that I do at, at many other places. Yeah. How, how unique of an experience does that make the South Kent experience? Because I know it's something I've spoken about at length to people about once I was at a school where I was able to play with players from all around the world, it completely changed my perspective kind of on the game, but just it opens up your perspective to so many other things in life in general, just interacting with people from different cultures and different parts of the world. And obviously, as you just mentioned there, South Kent features players from all around the world and all around the country. And it's something that you're not going to get if you're just playing high school, public soccer for everyone that's in your same town, you know, how much of that factors into creating a really unique and special 
environment in your soccer program? Yeah, I think it's it's extraordinary. I think a lot of prep schools have a lot of uh, diversity compared to the the public school setting, perhaps. But as I said, just the small nature of the student body here at at South Kent, as far as the enrollment size, really makes it stand out even that much more. We have 22 different countries represented in our student body this year. 11 different countries just in the in the soccer program. And uh, about as many different states represented as well. So it really is a, a global community. And I think that that, as you said, really gives guys an opportunity to have the empathy and the understanding of what other people come from, what they've gone through, what life is like in, in different places, certainly what soccer is like in, in different places or or football as it is in most places. And I think that that's really uh, an unbelievable growth experience for a young person. A lot of times you don't get that unless you travel or, or live outside of the United States. But for our American guys, it's it's unique for them to be able to do that here. And certainly for our international guys, it's unique to be able to come and study in a different country and, and have that experience here. We have guys that go on spring break with their with their friends and their teammates to international destinations. And we have international guys that celebrate Thanksgiving and, and all that that means, you know, to give thanks for the blessings that they have here for the first time with some of their American teammates. And to see guys that are connected together through all those differences, but because of their similarities and the experience that they have here through the generations and take part in their weddings and all that sort of stuff is 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 really extraordinary. Yeah, and, and you use that word community quite a bit, which which I like. And and I sometimes use the word culture as well. And and I'm so I'm curious to see when you're out and you're looking for prospective student athletes to come in and join the program. There's a there's a certain weight to what you're describing and that these are going to be people that are not just interacting within the pitch, but also they're going to be in each other's lives for extended periods of time. They're going to be spending Thanksgiving with their families and, and you know, doing things that create much deeper relationships than just in between the white lines, right? So how much of what you do when you are speaking to a prospective student athlete, how much of it comes down to are you going to be a good fit for what the culture of our program is? Because I think you hear a lot of that, especially from college coaches, of sometimes it's not always about just who's the best player, but it's also about can you come in and can you fit into our culture? Yeah, I think that that's a, a huge part of what we do because it's so much more than soccer, you know, and you have to be able to live and, and work and do all the different things that, that we're going to ask you to do here at South Kent, whether that's attending chapel or community service or jobs around campus. We want good people first. And certainly there's an element of growth and, and learning that we're trying to provide and, and help foster that is inherent with the adolescent years. Not everyone is going to be of the same character or be at the level of, let's say, an adult because they're not. So you have to be able to understand and work with kids because that's what they are and, and deal with some of the mistakes. But you have to have young people that are going to buy into that all around experience and that understand that the journey is the reward. That's where they're going to learn about themselves that's where they're going to grow. It's not all going to be perfect. Not everybody's going to be the star, going to play 90 minutes, going to deal with the, the difficulties and the challenges of, of growing as a young person perfectly because that, that's not how growth happens. But we do want to make sure that guys have a full picture of what the experience of what is like, what, they're, what, what we're going to ask them to do and what we're going to ask them to work through. And that being a good member of the community through those ups and downs of the program through those ups and downs that's what's really important and is going to determine their long-term success because as they move on from here those are the kind of 
players that, as you said, college coaches want to recruit. Those are the kind of people that employers want to hire. Those are the kind of people that make their their families and their communities better because they're able to have a broader outlook and a vision of not just what's right in front of them, but how they want to continue to develop and, and achieve what's what's in the bigger picture. Yeah. Do you find ever any challenges with, you said you have players who come in as, as freshmen, right? And you have players who come and do their post-grad year. And I think that's such a difference in the maturity level and just places in which they are in their life, right? I think you could probably compare it to freshman and a senior in a college program, but even that, I still think that a freshman in high school compared to someone who's doing a post-grad year, it just it has to be something that has caused maybe challenges for you in the past of being able to meet everyone where they are and find a way to bring everyone towards a common goal. Is that kind of a unique challenge that you face within the program sometimes? 100%. I think there's, you talk about the, the difference, right? Freshman and senior high school, freshman and senior in college, same, same name, same grades, but total different place in life. We're yeah. dealing with kids from 14 to 19. And obviously, typically your freshmen are in college or maybe 18 to, to 23. So there's, a, I think there's a real benefit to guys being in our program from a, a soccer playing standpoint in that you're playing with a multitude of age groups, right? Which doesn't happen in a lot of other places in American soccer. You play with your same age group all the time. And when you get to college, that's a, that's a huge shock. But I think, you know, to, to, to answer your question about the, the challenges, I think that's the unique or one of the unique challenges of our environment is, is bringing a, a different group of guys together each year. And I think we maybe have more differences than other places because of that age range, because of different playing styles from the variety of country, because of the different languages that guys speak and, and at varying levels of, of English. Obviously, the, all the other cultural differences that, that come along with that. And that's the challenge to, to be able to put together a team on a, on a yearly basis that can compete at what is a really high level in, in prep school soccer. And so I think we, we typically are, are graduating 10 to 12 guys per year. And so there, there's quite a big turnover that we've had year after year in our program. Now we do have a nucleus of players returning as well. Um, but the challenges, I think, quite frankly, are, are harder with the older guys than they are maybe with the younger guys. There's certainly challenges with both groups, but with the younger guys, all those things that we try and teach our players, our, our core values of development, excellence, and class, and the, the, the specifics of what it means to do those things or to live into those core values in your academic, in your community, in your, in your soccer setting, they take, they take time. They take a lot of time to develop habits of of consistency that you you can build into a younger person quite frankly a little bit easier than you can into an older person now you can still do it across that age range of of the high school or the prep school spectrum that we're working with but the longer that you're working at that in our environment the more that they become second nature to you and so again the challenges are different but they're a little bit harder with guys that maybe come in with bad habits, quite frankly, even if we find good char character kids or kids are a good fit and we feel can grow in our, in our community, in our culture, they certainly don't necessarily have the same sort of specificity into, into what we're going to ask guys to do on a daily basis. And so that, that is a challenge, but it's one that is fun. It, it, it pr does provide a, a personal challenge for me. And for our coaching staff, quite frankly, our community of educators to try and work at. And, and that's, the, that's the task and that's the mission of a, of a, a coach or a teacher that's really living into, into their profession. Yeah. When uh, I'm always fascinated by, and we've kind of been talking about this throughout so far, 
kind of building a team, right? Or building a group, building a, a community as you've put it so far. And so I try to, whenever I have coaches on here, you know, whether it's college, professional, youth, talk about some of those things of how you actually build a team. So I think recruiting has always been something that's been fascinating to me. And we've kind of touched upon who's a good fit from a character perspective. When you, when you speak to a prospective student athlete, who might stand out to you as somebody that can come in and can fit the culture and continue to represent the program in a positive way. But if we look maybe now more at the football side of things, I'm always curious, like for you, when you go out and, and you're searching for players who are going to be a good fit for you, do you kind of look at, is it more of, I'm going to go and find the players who I think can do the things that I want to do on the field? Can they match my style of play? Or is it like, I'm going to go and find the guys who are good, those good character fits, they can play at a high level, and then I'll kind of adapt with who I have in the room, so to speak. Yeah, I think because you have an academic component, because you have a financial component, there's a lot of different things outside of the football that you have to consider as well as the the character and and the fit in the community and, and in the culture of our program. From a from a footballing uh, standpoint, though, definitely that is the the thing that stands out first because that's how we're trying to identify players and, and try and make sure that they do have the level to fit in our program. And I think really it's it's the the, the, the four different different pieces of a player that I think are, are most important for us is, is technical, tactical, emotional, and, and physical. And, and technically, at our level, and as coming in, whether it's anywhere through that, that prep school age range, what is the technical foundation of the player? And, and do they have the ability to kind of fit in and, and play our style with the ball on the ground and connecting passes together from the back to the front? And what is what is that technical level that they, they possess? You know, certainly looking for an awareness and an understanding of the game tactically. And, and obviously that differs depending on the, the position that guys play on the field, but want to have guys that you can you can see thinking the game or or hopefully thinking far enough in advance to just kind of make it second nature and, and understand what the team is trying to accomplish on on both sides of the ball. I think emotionally really looking and, and can see a little bit of the character of players as they play and how they deal with their teammates, how they deal with the referee how they deal with disappointment, but also just how competitive they are. And do they kind of come out to, to give everything? Do, do they have that passion to, to play and, and the pride in themselves to, to put in a performance? And then I think physically, what, what's, their, what's their athleticism like? Do they, do they have the ability to kind of compete with the demands of the game that, that we play at this level. And obviously that one, you, you kind of have to project a little bit with the younger guys. They might not be able to compete at the physical level that our top guys uh, would need to right away. But if they have those other pieces, you can kind of have a good picture of them. And then hopefully they go forward and continue to grow and, and develop that, that physical side from there. Yeah. And you mentioned there in the beginning that some I'm sure it poses some challenges with recruiting that it's it's not just like being the coach of Stanford or University of North Carolina where you can go out and you can scout players and then you can sort of start a conversation that maybe it won't lead to them committing but that conversation can happen you know they can continue to communicate and you know they can kind of express their interest to whatever players are out there where that's not always the case for you because there are some layers to this of, are they going to be able to fit into this program, right? Because prep school isn't going to be for everyone. And obviously we've laid out some of the things that are kind of about that decision for players. So what is that process kind of like for you? Do you more so go out and try and scout players? I would imagine probably the traditional route of like going to a showcase or something and just emailing players might not work. Is it more based on your connections that you have with other coaches? Is it more reaching out to players that have already expressed interest in you? How does that player, if I'm a prospective student athlete, what's kind of my route of trying to get my 
my ability is showcased in front of you. Yeah, and, and really it's it's both of those ways. I, I think for the prospective student athlete looking at South Cat, you know, or looking at any college program or anything else, I hear many people put it that the quiet mouth doesn't get fed. You have to be able to advocate for yourself, to reach out, to let people know that you're interested. For us, there's a recruit questionnaire right on our website. Obviously, college coaches get hundreds of emails all the time. Like Definitely, we are taking those that are expressing an interest in us and and doing our due diligence and trying to go through all those steps to to get to know them. But we're also out at academy and club games and and tournaments and, and those kind of things and trying to, again, as I said, just on the last question, identify based on the, the playing characteristics that we're looking for and then reaching out to those kids and those families to, to see if they, they have interest. Certainly do have a lot of connections that I've established in, in two plus decades of, of coaching at this level and relying on different connections to put prospective players forward as well and say, hey, this be a good fit for your program and, and that sort of thing. So it really does take on a, a, a couple different routes as, as far as trying to identify and then uh, get to know, you know, prospective players. And, and some of it is, is us reaching out and, and making the, the connections and the initial contact. And then others is from the kids or the families or from different connections that, that we've established and, and built a relationship with through the years. Let's take a break to talk about support for the In the 11 podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. And it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we got to change that here. And Manscaped's going to help you do that. So first off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below the waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that weed whacker, the Manscaped weed whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pregame rituals, you've got postgame rituals, a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hopping in an ice bath, whatever it is, you have to add your below-the-waist care to that. You've got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself you got you got to do it and manscaped like i said is here to help you in that department and who knows maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game watching you play you know you play a good 90 minutes maybe you bag a goal i don't know you want to be ready you want to be prepared you don't want to be in a situation where you are left without manscaped now just because manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you The Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code 11 
E-L-E-V-E-N at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yeah. And can you help to contextualize this for players who are listening? Because I speak to a lot of players as well. And and I often sometimes hear kind of the phrase of like, well, I, I don't have connections or I don't have the ability to get myself connected to the right people and you often hear the time uh, the the phrase of like oh well it's it's all so political right and I think especially now if we just take your program for example as well you now have fostered connections with collegiate programs as well and collegiate programs will be calling you for your opinion on players that you have or players that you've seen and and that's a connection as well that players that are in your program can utilize to try and find their next step in their soccer journey, right? So can you help to contextualize, like, what does it really mean to build those connections and be able to utilize those in a way to help yourself continue to grow and continue to grow as a student athlete and a soccer player? Because I don't think it's, I think maybe it's a bit of a naive mindset to just say, oh, well, it's also political and I don't know the right people. But it's like you said, if you advocate for yourself and you work hard to put yourself in front of the right people, those starts of, sorts of connections will start to form and then you can hopefully use those to, to continue to build a, a career for yourself. Yeah, I think as you, you kind of give advice to, to young people, right, a connection is a two-way street right? And so is a relationship. So you have to not say that you don't have a connection. You're not going to get a connection unless you try and establish one. And so that's a process of that, that advocacy, self-advocacy, that, that reach out. And you can do it a lot of different ways. And it, and it can be a frustrating process, essentially. I think also it's something that particularly for, for teenagers might not be the most comfortable where they feel able to reach out to adults or to put themselves forward for a variety of different reasons. But that really is part of creating opportunities for yourself and and it will be throughout your life. So you have to be able to advocate for yourself. You have to be able to put yourself out there, whether it's an email, a phone call, you will have some frustration if if that's something that you're trying to do with college coaches, just simply because of the, the amount of prospective players that are doing that. And so you have to be persistent at it as well. You can't send one email and, and didn't hear anything back and then, and then give up at that point. You have to, if you want something, continue to work for it. And there's different levels to it. And I know that for the college process, certainly going to clinics or, or going to ID camps or those kind of things, they, they add a different level where now it's not a, a digital message or a phone call, but now you get a face-to-face chance. And, and that really, if you have the opportunity, is, is the most important to, to put a face to a name, to shake a hand, to have a different level of discussion is, is something that helps really start to establish that connection on a deeper level. And then it's up for you to, to continue it. That's something that we teach our guys here, whether it's with me and, and building our relationship as, as coach player, player coach with our guys, teachers here on campus and, and trying to maximize their education. And it's certainly something that we do a remarkable job to help uh, guys understand how important that is and then use basically the connections that that we've established from from building this program here over the last almost 20 years to help guys move on and, and play at the next level. And so we've placed every single guy in our program for the last 13 years with a with a college playing opportunity. And, and this year will be the 14th. And so you have to also use those other connections that maybe you do have club coach, high school coach, other people, you know, in the game to, to help you kind of do or, or maximize the work that you're doing to establish that connection to, to help foster the growth. And and that's certainly something that I spend 
an inordinate amount of time on for each and every guy in our program. And that's why we've had this success moving guys on. You have to be able to kind of use the, the, the connections that you already do have. And everybody has some to help you build the, the next ones that you want to try and establish. Yeah. And that's a, that's a perfect segue into, into where I wanted to chat with you next, because like you said, past what would you say, 14 years now, it's going to be a play every player that wants an opportunity finds a right home for them post South Kent, right? But I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Just just taking a little bit of a look at your program, I think, what is it, 85 players? And I don't think that counts. Now, this current year of players that have gone on to play at Division One level, I have the list of Division Two and Division Three. I couldn't even put a number on it because there were so many players that have gone on to, to those types of programs couple players who have had professional opportunities as well. What does that process mean for you, um, being able to place so many players at those different levels and in extremely high-level programs? How rewarding is that for you as a coach? What does it mean to the program of South Kent? And yeah, maybe you just want to kind of touch a little bit upon that that transition process because it's, it's really an impressive an impressive feat. Yeah, thank you. And it's a testimony to, to all the guys' hard work, certainly the players first and foremost, but but everybody here in this community, because as you're going to college, it's it's a lot more than than just being a good player. And certainly that's really important to to play at any level of college soccer. But there's there's so much more that goes into it. And I think that it is super rewarding and it's rewarding to have certainly sent so many guys to play division one and guys winning national championships and, and doing great things, but it's, it's rewarding at every level, division one, two, and three for us, it's really about finding the right fit for, for each kid. And we want to make sure that, that they get the experience of knowing that life is a lot more than football when they're here and to develop themselves as a person. And as they're looking at college to most importantly, find the, the place that they're going to get the best education, but they're also going to feel that they're part of the right community for them. And there's a lot of different kind of colleges that you can go to, but we want to look at what are those different characteristics that are important to each, each student athlete, and then try and open up as many different opportunities that, that kind of fit the mold of what they're looking for. And obviously the, the playing is, is a, is a big part of that guys come here because they want to be the best student athletes they can be. They want to play at the highest level. That's not the same for everybody, but I play division three. There's, there's really great programs at all levels and it's about having that right overall experience. And, and so that's how we kind of try and go through that process so that guys are, are getting a good degree, are having a great experience on and off the field. And then they're able to kind of use that decision-making process as they have other big decisions that they, that they face in their life. And, and obviously coming here to South Kent is, is one of those, but typically for guys that a college decision is the is the biggest one that you you have in your life at that point. And I mean it it's remarkable to to think about the guys that that we've had and the places that they've gone, the the coaches and the programs that they've played for. It really is a, a tradition of excellence and one that all the alumni and all the places that they've gone and, and most importantly the way that they've conducted themselves and played when they when they get there allows our, our next generation of players to be recruited at a, an unprecedented level because of the exposure and the, no, uh, the, uh, the level of our program. And, and hopefully it, it just continues to, to grow and grow. Yeah, as I'm sure that you can attest to as well, I think so soccer is kind of a unique sport in that when it comes to the divisions at the collegiate level, certainly there's Division one has a, a certain aura around it, right? But I think throughout all the divisions, you can find programs that are just, I guess there's a lot more parity between the divisions than there is in other sports. I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to find a division three college basketball team that could go and, and beat a division one college basketball team, I guess is the best way to put it. But in soccer, that's, that's a, a feasible possibility. And for you in your program, these connections that you're fostering with college coaches, 
a lot of it comes down to your word and, and their trust in you as well. So you're definitely, you want to do what's best for your player, but you also want to maintain that relationship with a coach. So you have to recommend players that you think are going to be able to go in and, and fit the culture and, and have success, right? Because that's how those connections continue to evolve from there. So maybe if I'm a, I'm a player listening and can you kind of walk through some of the things that stand out to you about some of the players that you have placed at those high division one level programs or division two, division three, kind of just to give a, a broader perspective of what does a student athlete or what does a soccer player look like at, at some of those programs? Yeah, I, I think it, it's such a similar environment. Obviously, it's a little bit smaller here as a prep school, but I think that that's one of the things that we speak about with our recruits and, and our guys is all the things that you're asked to do here are going to be the things that you're asked to do at the college level, whether it's division one, two, or three. And that's in the classroom, around the community, and, and certainly on the field. As players, we talk about our core values in all those different settings, and it's development, excellence, and class. And I think college coaches want guys that want to get better, that want to develop on in all the different attributes that you bring to the game on a regular basis? Are you working to, to get better in the things that allow you to, to perform at a higher level? The only way you do that is to pursue excellence. It, it's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. Or there's a lot of different ways to say it, but just going out and, and going through the motions or being on the field or being in the weight room, if you're not if you're not pursuing excellence, if you're not pushing yourself to give the best that you can give, then, then you're not going to get better. You're not going to get more fit. You're not going to get stronger. You're not going to be a better player. And, and you have to conduct yourself with class. You're, you're a representative of, first and foremost, yourself, but then your family, the program, and, and the university or the, the institution. And, you know, these are the things that, that college coaches want. And I think we provide a unique environment and education in those values that set guys up for success at the collegiate level, because you are going to be asked to work harder and, and do things differently than you've, you've ever done before. And again, it's not going to always go your way. But if you are focused on the things that you can control, if you have a value system that's allowing you to not only attack and win the day, but understand that that's how you get to, you know, your, your short and your long-term goals is, is one step at a time, then you're going to be a benefit and a, a positive member of whichever program and, and community you're, you're going to. And I think that year in and year out, our guys have shown that at the collegiate level with rookie of the years or, or stepping into big roles as freshmen or player of the year or, or part of championship winning teams, but also in their academic performance and awards and the other things that they do around their community and, and the way that they give back that has allowed them to be recognized and most importantly, allowed them to be proud of themselves and for us to be proud of them, whether they're recognized or not, because they're going about representing themselves and, and us and everything that they stand for in the right way. So what kind of defines success for you in, in your program? I think we've kind of hit on a lot of the things that motivate you and drive you to continue to get better within your program year in and year out, but also just within the day-to-day. -day. So what are some of the things that you look for as kind of the metrics that you're trying to hit? My, my guess is, based on our conversation, it wouldn't just be about wins and losses on the field. And I think as much fun as it is to win, I think there's a lot more to it, especially when you're working with young people. Is it how many players you can foster those opportunities for to get to the next level? Is it seeing that growth within a student athlete? Like, what are some of the things that you can look back on and, and look at as successful benchmarks that you've hit in your career here? Yeah, I think it, it definitely starts with those ones that I just covered because that's what allows you to achieve the bigger goals. But certainly we want to give everyone that plays here the opportunity to, to move on and, and play at the next level. A little bit harder to measure, but seeing the growth and 
in people and, and how they've come along both on and off the field is is incredibly rewarding and, and certainly something that you get great, great value in and 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 just feel feel good about, even if you're not able to say, well, this kid went from here to to here. And I think that the winning is is, is there's nothing more fun than that. And to just give those guys through the, the, the day-to-day growth, the understanding of what excellence is to, to represent our program and our school in the right way. Like those, those are the ways that you achieve championship teams to, to give into something that's bigger than yourself to, to be about the we, as opposed to the me, when you have collective success, inevitably you, you get recognized individually and, and our players get placed and our guys win awards, but it's about, buying into the process and buying into the values of the program and and putting the collective in front of in front of yourself and we certainly are setting out to to win whether that's a, a New England or a national championship or certainly every game that we go into but we try and have that be a byproduct of doing things the right way and of focusing on the process and the things that we can control and and putting in our best performance on a daily basis. And that's certainly been what's been able to kind of recreate the the success uh, year after year. Is there anything that you can look back and kind of pinpoint in terms of years where you have reached those those super successful benchmarks of winning championships. And I'm sure you've had, in your time there of 17 years, you've had teams that have overachieved, underachieved, and everything in between. Is there anything that you look back on and say, those teams that won championships, they all had this, or those teams that underachieved, they all had this one problem? Well, I think I think there's two things that, that sort of continually help that that process. And the first one is disappointment. When you have guys that have failed, that have not achieved what they set out to achieve or hit whatever the roadblock was along the way, there's an inherent benefit to that for a competitor is that you you find a way to get past it. You find a way to get over it, to get around it, to to make it work, if not the next time, then the time after that. And so I think that disappointment, you know, or, or failure is certainly one of those things that's continued to, to drive us higher and, and higher. It, that's difficult when the group changes every year, because sometimes you sort of have a a mindset of oh I'm I'm playing for South Kent and we're we're the best program and th- that but you haven't been through the battles that it took to to win the last year or you haven't lived through the disappointment and know how hard it it really is to represent a program that's continually at the top and I think the other one is is leadership and the the makeup of the group of guys that you have. Uh, in your locker room. And sometimes it's certainly been, uh, I guess, there's always a group of leaders, right? But sometimes it's been a, a more a more solitary figure or, or one particular guy that you can point to that that galvanizes the group. And, and sometimes it's been a little bit more by committee. And, and we certainly do try and foster that, that everyone has a value and that everyone needs to take a leadership role. Obviously, that happens at all different levels. But I think that leadership is certainly one of the keys to producing the kind of moments that have, have made our program special. And it's, it's one of those things that is really hard to, to, to teach. And, and there is sort of an inherent nature in, in people's personalities. It's also one of those things that probably I've seen a little bit less in, in recent years in, in guys and, and I've had to work harder and harder to try and foster that within individuals and, and within our group. But, but those are things that certainly drive success or, or the disappointment and, and the leadership. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that disappointment and failure piece. I was uh, I, I saw an interview recently with uh, Kirk Cousins, and for those of our listeners who are that dialed into soccer and don't know, Kirk Cousins is an NFL quarterback, and he was saying how he felt like 
if I had come through high school and was a big five-star recruit and went to a school and started right away, he's like, I don't know if I would have made it. Or if I got drafted in the first round and, and had all the hype around me, he's like, I, I don't know if I would have had the success it would have had if I walked in right away and they just handed me the starting position in the NFL because I was the top pick. I really don't know if I would have had the same hunger and drive and desire. He was like, I think I might have kind of bought into the hype and bought into what everyone was saying about me and maybe got a little bit complacent and, and who knows what my career would look like today. And so I think it's interesting that you mentioned that, that it seems as if most athletes who go on to have that success, there is a period where they're overlooked or there is a disappointing loss or failure or it seems as if there has to be some sort of adversity in order for that team or that individual to kind of rise to the occasion. Well, I think it's one of those things that draws people to our program. And it's one of those things that keeps people away from our program is the competitive nature of it. Mm. And, and that goes for players and parents. I think that you know, you have to work hard to be in our first 11 and you have to show consistency on a day in day out basis. And that's something that teaches you about yourself. And that helps you in the, the other things that you're going to do beyond the soccer field and guys that want to be part of our program. They realize that that's the only way you get to be your best is if you challenge yourself, if you play with better players and some guys decide that, you know what, I want to start games. I want to play 90 minutes. You can't tell me that I'm going to do that. Then, then I'm going to go somewhere else and play. And it's funny that in my kind of dealings with, with families that you have parents that say that they want their son to understand that or to challenge themselves, but then they, they don't want to enter into that equation and, and see how it, it works itself out. So that, that's a form of adversity. That's a disappointment to not be in the starting lineup to have to come off the bench or fight for your minutes or, or all that. But again, those are the things that, that really help guys to understand what they can give and to push themselves to, to be their best. Yeah, because I have to imagine it's probably the two, the two parts of that is one, as soon as you walk into preseason and you walk into the training environment you have, it's everybody wants a spot on the field. So those trainings are competitive and everyone's fighting for something, but also the success that you've amassed as a program over the years, it probably puts a target on your back from everyone that you go out and play. You've had so much success and everybody's about to come in and play their biggest game against you and they want nothing more than to beat you. So it's it's kind of like every day, whether training or game, you're going to be tested. 100%. And, and you have to, it's hard to, our trainings are super competitive, but it's hard to recreate that with the guys that you play every single day against there, there is a different level. Obviously that's why trainings and matches are different when you go into a match, but we certainly have the bullseye on our back and that's every single match that we play. And so you have to sort of understand and push each other to be your best on a, on a daily, daily basis in, in the training environment. Otherwise you're you're not prepared. And that's the challenge year in and year out with a new group of guys to understand that the, the stars on the shirt take a lot of hard work. You yeah. don't just put on the jersey and expect to uh, go out and beat people. Or if you do, those are the days that you get beaten. Yeah. Well, coach, I, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to, to chat with us and, and share a little bit more. I certainly learned a lot. I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. But I don't want to keep you too long because I'm sure you have to go out and, and find the next player to, to be on the pitch for you or, you know, plan a training session or something soon. So once again, thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and sharing a little bit about South Kent. Yeah, I encourage anyone that's listening to, to check out the website, southkentschool.org. And uh, really appreciate being on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. For that, those that are listening that are, you know, maybe interested in the program, it's that website. And then you have a uh, kind of a questionnaire form, right, where they fill out a little bit of what does that form entail for those who might be listening? 
So your basic uh, information in terms of name, address, email, et cetera, but then a little bit about you as a, as a player. And, and we're certainly looking to receive a highlight film and, and get a sense of guys from an initial video that, that we can look at. And then again, just kind of build the relationship and, and get to know prospective kids as, as best we can from there. Yeah. And those that are, that are stateside probably sending over a schedule and something like that. If you guys are able to come and see them live would be beneficial as well. Correct. Yep. And, uh, you know, our, my email's on there and certainly welcome anybody to, to reach out and, and again, just really appreciate you having us on and, and giving us a platform to, to speak about our program. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Happy to learn more about the program as well. Once again, coach, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I'll see you later. That wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much to Coach Owen Finberg for being on the show this week. It was a great episode. I hope that you guys learned a lot and gained some value from it. Thank you to all of you out there listening. Appreciate the continued growth and support of the show. I would encourage you, if you like the show, if you like these episodes, continue to share it, continue to tell your friends about it, and you know maybe send them an episode that you think would be perfect for them helps the show grow that much more and get the good word of the Indy 11 podcast out there to the footballing community. Continue to stay tuned. We've got some great episodes coming up, some really exciting people, some exciting conversations, and I'm excited to continue to bring you some awesome content about what it takes to be a footballer at a high level. So thank you so much, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.